Resident Evil Transformers Lighting Specialist to Arc Residential Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. On this week's podcast, Mitchell Klein joins us from Boston, where he is Executive Director of the Z-Wave Alliance, the standards development organization dedicated to advancing the smart home and Z-Wave technology. Deployed in more than 100 million products sold worldwide, the Z-Wave protocol is an interoperable wireless RF-based communications technology designed specifically for control, monitoring, and status reading applications in residential and light commercial environments. Our guest today, who holds the record for the most appearances on this podcast, is a former Cedia president, a Cedia Lifetime Award recipient, and most importantly, my friend. Mitchell Klein, thanks for joining us today to talk about the latest Z-Wave developments and smart home tech trends. Hey, so great to be back. I didn't realize the most appearances. Wow. Well, I have to say, Jeremy, it's always a pleasure. I love chatting with you, um, hanging out with you, drinking with you, whatever it is. So it's great to be back again. And happy spring, by the way. Yeah, happy spring to you as well. And and I, I would say the number of times you've been on, I'm going to guess it's around five, but uh, I was too lazy to go back through the notes and find the the answer to that. I, <laughs> I have better things to do. No, no offense, no offense, but I do. <laughs> but but I do know that whether as a co guest or single solo guest, you've been on the most, and and that's a tribute to you as a friend, uh, industry uh, um, guru, and your PR agency who's very good at their job. So. Um, congrats on that. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's it's my handler more so than my PR agency, but I get it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, very good. You're one of those. Well, oh, yeah. I, you, you, you and I uh, are both sports fans, and I, I always like to start our conversation by kind of mm-hmm. catching up with that. You're you're a Boston sports fan. I'm yes. I'm kind of a hybrid New York, um, Indianapolis, Indiana yeah. uh, fan on the pro side. You, you've probably, you're probably get, getting excited about the Celtics and the playoffs, but with baseball, Red Sox and Yankees, we're probably just going to have to sit back and tolerate the Tampa Bay Rays for the rest of the season at this point. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, has baseball started? <laughs> yeah, um, it has for, for some teams. Well, you know, here in, uh, in Boston, we, we've got a hockey team called the Bruins. and they've That's been, true. They broke all records this year. You know, most games won most points scored, most time in the news. It's it's amazing, yeah. So we got that. <laughs> we got the Celtics that start their playoffs uh, tomorrow. Uh, again, well, tomorrow based on our talk today, which will be whatever that is, uh, April 15th. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot going on here. And baseball. Yeah. Yeah, I always forget about hockey. My, I'm, I'm not a hockey guy. I don't have a team. So, um, but, Ooh. but yeah, I, I did, I did recall that being the case. So, congrats to Boston, uh, at least on two of the three, and and I'm sure we'll we'll be f- fine as a second or third in line behind yeah. that uh, hot team from Florida. So, uh, it, it's well, fine. It's fine. Let yeah, them I'm have looking it. forward to uh, covering the bottom of the league again this year it's always fun you know <laughs> I, as i always say either you're great or you suck but mediocrity is not a place to be so yeah I think we're probably the latter not the former but. 
Mm. Well, it, it's more fun when the Yankees and Red Sox are competing. So we'll, I'll, I'll root for them to to get it get it together. And uh, but hey, so you, uh, it doesn't look like you've been traveling a ton since uh, CES time period. Have you been on the road for um, Z Wave stuff? Yeah, just a little bit. Um, as we know, the uh, there's this constant drumbeat of we're going to have a recession, we're going to have a recession, and it seems like we're going to have one. Damn it, no matter what. Um, even if we created ourselves, which is kind of kind of frustrating in a way. And so, yeah, of course, uh, everybody's watching their OPEX, as we say, and, uh, you know, we're no different. So the, the travels have been pretty much limited. I think ISC West a couple of weeks uh, ago, right. uh, sure. which, by the way, was amazingly packed. I mean, mm. from the time it opened and you would expect, you know, the popular booths to be busy. But, you know, uh, we have Z-Wave uh, members that are kind of all the way in the back in the innovations area. And the aisles were packed the entire time. Uh, I just read yesterday, they're now saying around 27,000 people were there. Okay. So whatever we want to say about the potential for downturns and such, there was no one there that was thinking that way. Everyone was right. pretty, pretty optimistic. And who do you see uh, as the typical attendee there? Now, I, I know that the security industry has changed so much over the years, and IoT security solutions have become kind of a, a mainstream option for so many homeowners. So yep. um, who, who is attending those um, uh, events these days? Really ran the gamut. I mean, the obvious folks we know are friends over at Alarm.com or ADT or you know the other more traditional uh, product suppliers, but... Um, some of the unnerving things, there was a whole section on active shooter, which Ooh. was, you know, kind of had my skin crawling a little bit. Um, yeah. you know, they were like, uh, there was one company showing a garage door type, I guess it would be a garage door. Uh, and they had bullet marks throughout the front of the unit and with, with notes by each one saying, this was an AR 15, you know, from 10 feet, you know, things like that. Um, mm pretty pretty scary as i say uh there was some really exciting stuff on the commercial side uh, boston dynamics was there again uh with with their robots uh kind of like guard dog type robots but mm. what was different there was you could order them now these were these oh, were okay. no longer concepts um mm -hmm. you know stuff like that which is kind of a little kind of eerie if i might call it that but um overall Everyone was positive. I mean, I just keep hear, kept hearing people just glad to be out, saying business has been pretty good. Uh, and in security, when you're doing anything from active shooter to guard dogs to <laughs> smart home to cybersecurity, everything was covered there. Good show. Okay. That makes sense to me now because that makes the show a lot more diverse than you're just talking home security because that, that's a pretty narrow category, relatively speaking. But if you're like talking broadly based security, cybersecurity, mm -hmm. facility security in all the ways that there are, whether it's from a massive, um, you know, property, residential property or commercial property, that makes a lot of sense that there'd be all kinds of other. It, it come, what comes to mind is um, when I was visiting um, our, our sponsors headquarters, Ni NICE uh, North America, mm -hmm. yep. formerly Nortec Security, they, um, part of their merger or acquisition, they've got this one product line that's like for gates that are in parking lots and you can't you like try to ram it and it 
we'll just destroy the axle on a truck or whatever. I mean, that's considered a security product. You oh, know? yeah. There were definitely, you know, those gates, those one-arm gates. Oh, absolutely. There were, I mean, again, covered covered the gamut. And I think mm-hmm. for our typical, I guess the typical listener that's going to be more focused on residential than, than other things, um, there are always interesting products or technologies that could be deployed in the home, you know, for some of the, I guess, uh, uh, more paranoid, if you will, or more security concerned, if you will, you know, customers, there's a lot of opportunities, options there, even from like these safe rooms, they say from active shooters, which again, I know I keep coming back to that, but it's like, I don't understand the, if there's an active shooter, then, you know, you have the safe room, but you generally don't have opportunity to, leverage any of those uh assets if you will but i know just weird stuff that it becomes so relevant today yeah and and i don't it kind of makes me happy that i i studied journalism and, and didn't become some sort of like major like ceo and some crazy c- company that you know is potentially a target yep. or um, something else. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like that, that lifestyle is not for me, uh, where you have to concern yourself with that. I, it'd be nice to have a little more money in my, my home, but, uh, it's not, uh, not for that price. Right. <laughs> um, so you and I, uh, talked a little bit about some of the things that are going on specifically with the Z way of Alliance, um, prior to our conversation here mm-hmm. on the recording. And uh, one of the things that I did publish something about when it came out was your your annual ecosystem report, where you do some research on uh, the Z Wave Alliance and things that are going on in in the IoT uh, community. Um, can you recall some of the key findings? You said fifty five percent of U.S. adults or one hundred and ten million people are now own one or more smart home device, and forty seven percent intend to purchase a smart home device and into early 2023. So we're starting to see um, that become, you know, I always think of it being more like in a 20% type of range or something like that. You are amazed at how few people, when we're in this space, we think everyone has smart home devices. Now we're actually getting to that mm-hmm. over 50% number. So yep. uh, uh, pretty pretty notable. Um, what else came out of that report that was uh, that that you talk a lot about when you meet yeah. up with folks. So just a little bit of uh, of background, and, and first of all, any anyone that would like to get the report, it is free, and you can go to the Z Wave Alliance website, zwavealliance.org. Not being promotional here, the reality is there's some really good stuff in there that can help uh, anybody who's reading it, whether writing about it or or uh, your business is in in the smart home. Uh, the actual data. And the, the uh, surveys themselves are run and managed by Interpret. So mm. we actually do use a, a professional company. This is what they do. We just provide the guidance for what we're looking for in terms of you know information. What would we like to know? Uh, and we've run this now. This is the fourth year. Mm-hmm. And each of the first three years, we've really done kind of domestic for us, you know, uh, U.S.-based uh, research. And so this time around... We said, let's take a look into into Europe, and as you know, Europe isn't a, a thing. So we added, we chose three of the uh, larger adapters for technology like this, which is uh, UK, Germany, and France. And so we did in the research report itself. You'll you'll be able to see how 
U.S. compares with the other three uh, countries and how the three countries, of course, compare with each other as well. And from a high level, the interesting thing is that there aren't significant differences between adoption rates and the types of products that they're looking to, to access. Um, so that was the first th- thing that was very interesting. Um, if I were to think it out loud, um, I think the uh, fact that DIY seems to be a real important motivator, you know, the do-it-yourself. Um, so there's two aspects to that. Uh, the desire to be able to install products themselves. And again, when we look at the research, it says those with a few products, a couple of products that are home, smart home adopters are definitely focused on do-it-yourself. And as they grow into larger systems and start adding more and more products, it seems as though they now start looking at, at professional installation. And I think that for this audience, that's an important detail to understand mm-hmm. that DIY is really a launch pad for right. the kind of work that you can be getting. So DIY is, is in my opinion, is, is one of the great things to help drive the, our installation industry, right? Um, yeah. You know, it's like you can go into uh, a Lowe's or a Home Depot or something, and you could build an addition with everything that's there. But are you really <laughs> going to do that, or are you just going to fix a toilet? So anyway, you get the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, other aspect, which is interesting, is the... Uh, desire for interoperability. And and we know that's something that Z-Wave has made as a mandatory aspect of Z-Wave mm-hmm. uh, adopters, that, you know, products you buy today or you bought 10 years ago are all going to work together. And much to our pleasant surprise, interoperability has become important for those that are looking to go more than one off. You know, if you buy a door lock and that's all you want, it's obviously not a not an important aspect. So interoperability was important regardless of which country that, mm. uh, you know, you were looking at. So I think that that's important as well. Um, I mean, I can keep go- going, yeah, on, yeah. But, you know, so, so what would you, on the DIY side, do you think, um, it's a good example of, of interoperable products that your, your average consumer interested in DIY smart home technology. So would, would yeah, find. the, yeah, the cool thing is that the most popular smart home product amongst all four of the regions is the smart doorbell, right? Yeah, that I makes don't sense. think. Yeah, I don't think I would have actually expected that. I would have thought like a light bulb, you know, because that's so easy to install on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so that was a very interesting detail. And again, you can see the breakdown of the different product categories. And again, mm-hmm. if you're a manufacturer or you're an installer, either way, you're going to be able to look at the types of products and be able to adapt uh, perhaps your marketing towards those customers that are looking for the smart plugs and smart lighting. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a great way for customers to start touching the technology and then start looking at, okay, I'm not going to touch my in-wall devices, so I'm going to need a professional to expand from that. What what are you seeing as some of you, we talk security? What are you seeing as some of the cool products that are coming out with uh, Z-Wave technology right now that you you're able to highlight maybe in a booth or think that you know kind of showcase where you're uh, appearing at a different conference? Yeah, well, well, let's come back to that matter thing. I think that's an important topic. That's the elephant in the room, right? Yeah. Um, but in terms of in terms of products, 
you know, there's always innovation. Uh, one of the one of the uh, members that been pretty creative themselves uh, has created uh, a a door lock that's really just the latch itself. Um, and so uh, it, the company is called Den. Oh, right, and instead yeah. of actually replacing the doorknob and the door lock, it, and what you're doing is you're replacing the actual device that goes in the actual door itself. The latch itself provides the lock. Mm. Uh, you can imagine there's some significant engineering feats of marvel to pull that off. Um, and they've had they've had working prototypes for some time, but they're actually available now. And what that's helpful is when uh, you don't have to replace the front door lock, which if aesthetics or I should say when aesthetics really count, you know, it's, it's something that becomes less obvious to potential thieves, if you will, that would might want to hack a uh, an automated door lock. Mm, and okay. Yeah. enables uh, basically a consistent look in the house. I mean, it's stuff like that, you know, which are not earth shattering innovations, but from the perspective of being an installer and designers and uh, products like that are quite cool. No, that is very cool. I mean, I can think of my own house where my door, I, I don't really want to dismantle the whole latch and system that's on there, but it would be nice to make that door smart and, mm -hmm to have it sort of discreetly smart would be really cool as well. So I get that. That's a, that's an interesting little incremental, uh, evolutionary, uh, innovation there. So, um, I, I noted that, uh, you did a little profile on your site of, um, your, the water dragon alarm.com's uh, water dragon, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. smart leak detection system. And I feel like that's one of those other growing categories, especially within the custom integration, area um yeah. smart home stuff where leak detection for a home is just so critical because you can, can lose so much you can ca cause so much damage in a quick amount of time not knowing that there's a a pipe leaking or something going on there yeah well it it actually goes well beyond that i mean we all know you can put water sensors and wherever you want to put them sure. whether they're battery operated or powered um and of course the wave's got all kinds of versions and different suppliers um, but actually what alarm.com is doing with the water dragon, it's a device that straps on to say your incoming, uh, water pipe, right? And what it will do is it'll actually monitor, um, the flow of the water. So whereas a leak detector will determine when water's on the ground or where it shouldn't be, this can actually determine if like your toilet's running, uh, which is pretty common problem in in many homes right is it just mm -hmm. kind of runs or if there's a drip or or uh ongoing leak in a, on a faucet those are things that leak detectors aren't going to aren't going to identify and this again it's a pretty expensive cost when your water's running consistently plus uh, and i'm not talking about just in terms of dollars right I'm talking about yeah. resources so yeah. that water dragon is actually really cool and because it's part of uh, a system which is hopefully a z-wave system when it detects this uh, unusual water flow, it can do a number of things. It can, if you put a shutoff valve in, it can mm -hmm. shut off your water. Uh, it can send a notification, let you know that there's a problem somewhere. So it's a pretty cool product too. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that uh, it, it, it could be going on forever and you just don't realize that if mm -hmm. you're not kind of aware of like a sound or whatever that, that would trigger uh, a checkout on that. Um, and, and unfortunately, your water company has got so many clients, I'm sure they can't monitor that as well. But mm -hmm. uh, 
using ultrasonic technology, it looks like. And, and it looks like that is really a great example of your long range um, technology as well, which we talked about prior uh, in conversations prior to this. But uh, um, I'd always kind of wondered what that best case scenario or what but use case would be for Z-Wave long range. Um, that And that is one of them where you can have, I guess, large homes with a lot of, where something might be tucked away and you, you would need a repeater to get the signal um, to get to where you need to. Is that, mm-hmm. I kind of clunky, clunkily <laughs> explaining that, how that works? <laughs> yeah, well, long range makes sense, uh, even door locks, right? Because door okay. locks are usually on the edge of the edge of the home or on gates, which is literally on the edge of the property right. uh, or a rural mailbox or out by a pool house or devices in the pool, uh, or even to be able to to monitor, you know, uh, any issues outside of your own property. Um, the other thing about long range, since we jumped on that topic, is that it becomes very appropriate for MDU and hospitality installations, especially for property manager. And there are a number of companies that deploy this type of technology. Uh, to property managers to be able to provide access to a to show an apartment, or to be able to monitor unoccupied uh, apartments to see if the heating is still running, or if there's a water problem, or so on and so forth. So, uh, long range has been tested by one of our very well-known supporters in the field of about a mile. Mm. Um, so if you factor in in an MDU and you start throwing, you know, how many levels of concrete, things like that, you know that Z-Wave is going to get through that distance. And then, of course, the ability to go over the limitation of 252 per system, you know, not only long range, but upwards of 4,000 devices in one, one system makes it pretty appropriate as well. Yeah, so I can definitely see what you're saying about MDU, commercial mm-hmm. applications, that sort of thing where you're you're not just on a single home, you're talking multiple right. um, apartments or condos or whatever it is. And then that long range is gonna cover going to one spot. Um, and But then from that single home, yeah, I mean, I've seen uh, you know, Wi-Fi obviously just drop off outside my door because of glass and brick and becomes a yeah. you know headache on trying to get something to operate that you thought you could, you know, you've installed, let's say an outdoor television <laughs> on your deck yeah. and, and you are watching the game and the stream mm-hmm. just can't kind of make it through all the time. So um, I, I could see where just that simple little step outside could be difficult uh, with technology. But um, so uh, I want to definitely continue, continue our conversation about uh, long range and other things, but we will uh, take a short break and get back to Mitchell Klein in just a second. Today's episode of Residential Tech Talks is brought to you by NICE, the global manufacturer of smart home security and building automation solutions. NICE is bringing together 30 years of innovation with award-winning products from Elan, Speakercraft, and Panamax to create a holistic ecosystem for builders, integrators, and consumers. Learn more about how you can create one home with one solution at go.nice for you.com backslash RTT. Welcome back. We're talking with Mitchell Klein, executive director of the Z-Way of Alliance. Um, Mitch, we talked about uh, long range and I, I definitely do want to circle back to uh, what we were talking about with matter uh, as, as a 
conversation topic. Um, but you, mm-hmm. as, in addition to long range, you've also had some progress in your open source um, That's right. options there as well. So can you talk about what that um, enables and uh, mm-hmm. what the motivation was for that uh, Z-Wave open source? It's uh, actually a great, great question. So what open source means at the simplest level is that the actual source code itself for the entire Z-Wave stack which is anything from the file level up to the application level and all points in between is now available on a GitHub. So that, uh, again, it's just for Z-Wave Alliance members, at least for now, uh, you have the access, the access to the code to be able to do pull requests, to be able to look at the code and maybe do some additional uh, coding for it. We do have a couple of our members already have dived into that so why does anyone care about that, right? So right. That's the big question is why? And the answer is multiple fold. Number one has to do with bringing in additional semiconductor supply. So right now, Z-Wave chips are available through Silicon Labs. That's it. Uh, I can guarantee by the end of the year, there will be at least one announcement of an additional semiconductor company providing their chip. So why do we care about that? Well, it, if you think about the problems we had in the last year or so in terms of just, you know, limitations in supply, that gets addressed. But what it also does, it opens up opportunity for more creative applications, more use cases. Um, there could be uh, multi-protocol chips that, that can perhaps in a single chip address Z-Wave and, I don't know, Wi-Fi or something like that. So there's, there's that innovation side of it. Then you're on the software side, whereby now uh, when you have more people who are vested in developing the technology, that just means we're going to be able to do more things faster, address additional verticals, and address maybe new product categories that aren't currently covered, as well as be able to do any testing, troubleshooting, or expansion beyond that. So basically, it just says it's not all up to one company anymore. Mm. Now we can actually open it up, and I think that's huge. And is there any way to know uh, from a feedback standpoint uh, how receptive companies have been to this um, opening up of the? Yeah, actually, uh, but if I told you, I'd have to shoot you. Um, right. I mean, there are <laughs> there are uh, a few companies that, as a result of this, have actually um, attached additional internal resources to be able to do development work. Mm. So yes, already we were, we're seeing that. Uh, I wish I could mention names, but let's just say that when we look at things like long range, which is a new extension of the Z-Wave platform, and we look at matter and bridges and other things that we could talk about, it's good to know that there is additional resources taking perhaps maybe a little different perspective as well as adding in um, you know, more talent to be able to do it quicker. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, crowdsourcing that sort of the solution. So, um, yeah. s- speaking of matter, um, it, it obviously, uh, has a lot of potential. It's, uh, it's got a lot of buy-in from major manufacturers, but it was kind of one of these topics of conversation with nothing really to show for it. A lot of things going on behind the scenes and not really from a consumer level, like much awareness of what progress has been, been made. And now finally starting to see some solutions out there and, uh, Jay um, Basson, one of our writers, just uh, reviewed some products that he 
uh, tried out with matter um, interoperability. Uh, what are you uh, hearing uh, on the matter front and what are your insights from the Z-Wave side of things? Yeah. Uh, okay. So just coming clean first. So we all know I am, I'm, uh, I work for Silicon Labs, which is of course the provider of Z-Wave chips, but Silicon Labs is also very, very active with matter and all the other platforms. Right. Um, and whether or not, whichever hat I wear, we're very supportive of matter. Um, okay. now what's been interesting is at Cedia in gosh, when was it October last year, September, mm -hmm. uh, at Cedia, uh, I found that even some of the press, the media had not heard of, or was not aware of matter initiative. John Siaka. Oh, oh did I just say that? <laughs> I didn't say that. Did I say that? <laughs> he acknowledged it to me. I'm like, what are you, what, what, why have you not been reading your own? publication that you write for okay <laughs> yeah exactly um so the good news about that is the, is that you know since we're so uh deeply involved in this to us it's like an everyday conversation but it really doesn't go very far yet it hasn't mm -hmm. built any real momentum yet um the the version 1.0 was released as a z-wave um uh perspective matter is doing what z-wave has been proselytizing for 20 years finally we're very happy about that they're proselytizing interoperability backwards compatibility things like that uh, which to us is fabulous and if if enough companies adopt the standard and right now that's kind of up in the air we don't know uh who's going to actually adopt it and deploy them in their products but that's another topic we can come to um that the more that gets adapted, the more that a bridge or some type of uh, uh, enabling device that will tie existing products like Z-Wave, Zigbee, and other things that are out there to matter means that that your existing stuff continues to work and you can now start adding in matter products as well. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, first products are making their way out now. The matter technology itself is somewhat limited in terms of which product categories and also somewhat limited in terms of the feature sets. And that's pretty standard and very appropriate in order to be able to focus and, you know, just get the products out instead right. of, you know, uh, increasing nothing worse than increased scope as I'm sure a lot of, uh, CDA folks understand very well, you know, keeping your scope where you started. So it's out. I think it's probably got a few years before it really hits the mass level adoption. But, um, you know, we're we're pretty excited about it. Yeah. I mean, when you say a few years, that does kind of give you a, a, a reality check. Um, <laughs> every, it, you feel like you want the new thing to be immediate, you know, that the results are right there. But uh, when you talk a few years. This is definitely yeah. in progress. Yeah, there are some articles. Some manufacturers have said, hey, you know, we can't support it. We don't know how to differentiate if yeah. everything is the same. And and my first thought is, well, if that company doesn't know how to differentiate, they have bigger problems right. uh, than Matter. So Matter actually enables the differentiation, not the other way around. But Yeah, anyway. yeah, absolutely. Um, well, to, to look, kind of glance through the article that, uh, that Jay Basson uh, wrote for us, mm -hmm. um, he uh, he he mentioned Apple HomeKit, um, Google, uh, Smart Things, 
um, and Amazon has some limited matter support so for Echo and right. Hero. Um, and uh, he was working with his Apple TV 4K Wi-Fi Plus Ethernet as his test platform. So that just kind of gives you a sense. And mm -hmm. there's this company called Aquera um, yep. that, that he was working with as well. So yeah. there's, there's some some progress there and it's uh if anybody wants to check that article out we'll put it in our show notes it's uh it's an interesting but he's he's a big fan of switchbot and has and did some uh experiments with some mm -hmm. of that too for those blind tilting uh applications if you don't want to get all new shades and blinds so uh interesting yep. stuff there for sure um and uh you know i always like to ask guests about tech trends that they're observing. And, you know, we've talked about several categories. Um, what jumps out to you beyond what we've already talked about from a uh, leak detection, water uh, monitoring, sensing, security, um, that sort of stuff? What, what What's jumping out at you as current trends that either do or do not uh, affect Z-Wave technology? Wow. Um, I have a slightly different experience these days in that I'm in the semiconductor business. Yeah. So I'm, actually I could be asking you what, what, what I should be following, in the, <laughs> uh, you know, what, well, how are these semiconductors being deployed? Right. Um, right, right. Well, I don't know about semiconductors so much as maybe, maybe I, I would say the, the, the active, the, the increase in lighting um, yeah, yeah. installation within the CI space is definitely a big mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so obviously you, you have to get away from your, uh, your booth to be able to explore that, that one day at Cedia to see just where different technologies mm -hmm. are being displayed. And I think three or four years ago, we wouldn't have seen a single lighting fixtures company at a Cedia right. Expo. And now they're, they're cropping up quite a bit. And there's a, there, our friend Tom Darty started Lightapalooza, which was, yeah a great hit pretty successful gate. yeah yeah so that would be would be one of them and of course the we talk about health and wellness stuff that just it's kind of a nebulous mm -hmm. category that doesn't have mm -hmm. um a lot of traction but there's definitely some interest in getting kind of the air filtration stuff figured out and integrated into that smart home category. well where are you going to see that stuff and again back where you know where i live these days is you a lot of focus is on ai and machine learning, ML, AI slash ML. Uh, and then, of course, uh, use the term multi-platform. Um, uh, multi so the uh, AI is definitely going to be an important aspect of what you talk about health and wellness, um, to be able to, to learn from multiple sensors what's mm -hmm. going on, what is the appropriate action to be taken if something is determined to be out of the ordinary, right? And you'll see that in AI, ML. You'll see this also in um, um, personal devices, things also in the automobiles, things outside the, uh, the property. So as we look at being uh, essentially residential, primarily residential, if not commercial installers, Residential is going to incorporate much more than the physical home you, you, you live in. It's going to be your environment, whatever that happens to be. Uh, and that's going to be on your person. It's not just in your car, but also at work. It's going to follow you around in, in your devices. And, and I think to me, that's 
mostly exciting, less scary than it might, some might think, but uh, I think that's the trend that I'm seeing being worked on on the semi side hmm. that uh, hopefully you'll start seeing resulting in software and products not too distant future. I, you're probably 12, 18 months in, you're going to start seeing results of this type of work. Yeah, you, you you kind of bring to mind that company that unfortunately had some financial um, investment challenges, Oro, O-R-R-O, which is yeah. trying to do some some learning of lighting habits, you know, and uh, yeah. I, was, I was hopeful that down the road they would maybe be acquired by one of the major lighting control brands and that could be incorporated somehow. It was a work in progress like a lot of technologies, but to be able to sense you're in a room, whether, you know, not just be a motion sensor, but something where it's kind of picking up on routines mm -hmm. and you don't have to have everything programmed in for your lighting control. Um, that, that was an interesting application, but uh, even something to me, we've had some folks on yeah. talking about uh, power management and how you're integrating yeah. solar and battery backup and that sort of thing, especially in California and Texas and those, those markets were- it's interesting. Were, you know, power yeah. is so, so tough. Um, but to, to be able to not have to program all of that out to what that when this happens, this switch occurs and you have to go to battery and, you know, or this goes to solar when the sun is out and that type mm -hmm. of thing to be able to like have that in machine learning where it all just automatically happens would be kind of an interesting yep. application where it learns it. And then also gives the owner the ability to make the adjustments to sure. tweak it to there perfection and and as far as the oral thing you know without revealing too much well the reason i would assume that oro couldn't find someone the all the lighting companies are already working on this stuff oh okay yeah i mean they're not they're, they're smart not to talk about it just yet sure right? sure but okay. you, know, you can pretty much expect to see your favorite lighting supplier uh, technology providers working on these things themselves Okay, well, that's good. Good little insight there for oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm, oh, yeah. I, I'm so naive when it comes to <laughs> what's going on behind the scenes, you know. Um, but I, I, I do appreciate getting yeah. that that little heads up. Mm. Um, well, um, I guess uh, I, I would wrap up by just asking you where the next place we might see you um, appear. I, I would imagine you've probably got something be for before we get to Cedia um, in September. But uh, are you headed wow. to any shows or? events uh, uh well i'm going to japan but that's really for a technology event so i probably won't see you there um <laughs> well not necessarily me but anyone else <laughs> in the industry uh yeah. our, our yeah. friends in japan might find you there but uh, yep. might maybe. be there in kyoto uh working on another technology called Wisun, which is focused on smart cities oh, okay. uh, and and automated meter infrastructure mm -hmm. um you can see me in mexico city where i'll be working with the wi-fi folks um Wi-Fi, if you're not aware of this, Wi-Fi is very much looking at, uh, I'll say, IoT use cases and applications and generally focused on the low power side. Um, so some things that, you know, when we talk about high bandwidth uh, requirements and Wi-Fi requiring so much power, there are some things that Wi-Fi is working on that are going to be really interesting. Uh, there's the Bluetooth member meeting coming up in Phoenix. It's very hard to be in all places uh, <laughs> like this, but... Um, all of these different technologies are very much complementary in terms of what they work, how they work together, which is why, again, I, I keep calling it, uh, you know, multi, um, 
God, I forget the terms, but you know, putting multiple technologies in in a single device or in a single chip, because these different technologies all have their best use case, and no one technology—not Matter, not Z-Wave, not Wi-Fi, not Bluetooth—no one technology can handle all of the requirements. So, uh, leave it to some of the semi companies to be able to pull them together so that it's really not a problem. You can use Bluetooth to commission and you can use uh, Z-Wave perhaps do something else. So. Right, absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a good place to close to know that there is not going to be that magic formula, that magic bullet that, that solves everything, really. I mean, Matter is trying to do that, but there are still going to be best case or best use cases for different uh, protocols and technologies. Yep. Um, and um, it's going to require smart integrators to be able to deploy all these technologies. So keep learning. Absolutely. Well, uh, Mitch, I really appreciate your time today. It's always great mm -hmm. to catch up and I hope you have a, a great summer. And, uh, and I, I personally will see you. I probably, at CD Expo in the fall first. Uh, yeah. I'm not headed to Japan or. Uh, well, if you are, let me know. I mean, uh, <laughs> love to tip a few and catch up and see how our related baseball teams are faring in the league. There you go. Absolutely. Well, looking forward to uh, catching up in person. And thanks again. And Mitchell Klein is the executive director of the Z-Wave Alliance, the standards development organization dedicated to advancing the smart home and Z-Wave technology. You can learn more about Z-Wave at z-wavealliance.org. And that wraps up today's show, which was produced by Residential Tech Today, IPW, and Pretty Easy Podcasts. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com if you're looking to get professional production help on your own podcast at an affordable rate. If you're new to Residential Tech Talks, please subscribe to the weekly podcast wherever you watch or listen to podcasts. Also, check out all of the latest residential tech news at the magazine's website, restechtoday.com, where you can also subscribe to the print or digital magazine and to our Tuesday and Friday email newsletters. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell.